Hello everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of the Screen Time Podcast. My name is Connor. And my name is Luke. And we are your hosts. And you think that's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what's not funny Hmm. is the fact that we're going to be talking about the best and worst movies and TV shows that we've seen this year. I feel like everyone does a little caveat up top, so we're going to do one too. We didn't watch everything that came out this year. No. Close. We watched a lot. Yeah. But uh, not everything. So you may have seen something that you think is the best movie of the year that we don't talk about. It's one of two things. We either disagree, respectfully. Mm-hmm. If your best movie appears on the worst list, then maybe that's a little disrespectful. Sorry. <laughs> Or we just didn't see it, which is yeah. not unrealistic. Yeah. There were a couple of good movies this year that I wanted to see and still haven't, so. Yeah. And sometimes we just haven't, like, even received it in our city yet. We're both very excited to watch Empire of Light, mm-hmm. and it just hasn't come out here yet. That excuse of having not seen it will be particularly true for TV. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to, like, commit to watching a ton of movies in a year that are anywhere between 90 minutes and three hours long. Mm-hmm. But to commit to a TV show on any number of streaming services or on cable, that's a lot harder. So there are definitely shows that came out hmm. that we haven't seen that yeah. are absolutely really good or really bad. Yeah. Now that we've covered our bases, do you think All we're right. ready to start? I think we're ready to go. All right. Why don't, why don't you start us off with some of your best movies of the year? The best movies? Let's yeah. go for it. All right. Here's one that came out nice and early in the year that I had a blast with. I don't think you saw it. Oh, no, I didn't. We're talking about Jackass Forever. Yeah, didn't see that. Now, my experience with Jackass is not extensive, but I've seen a few things of theirs. I saw a bunch of movies that they've made, and I thought that they were fine to bad. (laughs) (laughs) But this one was so funny, and just like a really cool experience to watch a bunch of grown dudes pranking each other and doing (laughs) terrible stunts to their bodies. Oh, boy. But just maintaining a level of comedy throughout it, that was something special. And I I was actually in a full theater when I saw it, which is not something that I can say about most of the movies I went to this year. And the whole room was laughing, and it was a really great experience. Mm -hmm. And I do admit that that experience is probably part of why it's on this list. Yeah, well, that's part of the movies, you know. Yeah, and I am happy to have it on this list. Why don't you tell us one of yours? Okay, so one of the movies that came out this year that deserves to be on the best of the year list is a blockbuster, but... Fair enough. A very good blockbuster, okay? The Batman. I agree. Love it. So good. Part of it is the cinematography is really cool, and people praise it for being the best cinematography of anything, in which I say, yes, it was very good for that movie, but just because it's really good in a movie doesn't mean it is the best of all time okay but looked pretty cool in the movie indeed yeah and i think robert pattinson himself made a very good bruce wayne and a very good batman oh absolutely i really liked paul dano as the riddler as well in that movie so creepy but super well done uh yeah i don't think there's anyone in that movie that i didn't like yeah and i thought the tension was really good great score oh yeah michael giacchino and I think that that score turned a lot of people into, like, listening to his music and people, mm-hmm. like, talking about, like, how, like, he has funky names for different soundtracks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
which if you've been listening to his music for a while and you've been watching you know that that's just like a thing he does but a lot of people got to experience that for the first time and that was yeah. pretty cool that was cool i liked batman being more of a detective in this movie absolutely not that he's not a detective in other movies but weirdly enough it was the most like Adam West Batman in some ways. <laughs> Just the the walking around the room and looking at different things and, you know. There was a bomb in both movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Time to move on? I think so. <laughs> All right. You know what's taking with blockbusters? Mm-hmm. This is going to be on everybody's list. Yeah? Top Gun Maverick. Oh, so awesome. I think this movie is way better than it deserves to be. It's a sequel that came so much later after the original. Yeah. I don't know that many people were asking for it. Or when the the trailer released, I was like, okay, this isn't necessary. The first one was pretty good, but like, do we need another sequel years later to a classic movie that people love that's not going to be as good? And I went and saw it, and the movie ended, and I was like, man, I think that was better than the first one. (laughs) I think so, too. Yeah. I remember seeing, I can't remember what I saw it in front of. Oh, probably would have been Spider-Man last Christmas. And they revealed like an IMAX clip of them practicing dogfighting. And it's just them in the planes flying around. And it was after I saw that that I went, actually, this movie might be pretty good because this is pretty exciting. And all the flying in this movie feels exciting. Yeah. Like for how much of it happens, it never feels mundane or boring. They're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. It always feels like really exciting. And that's really cool. Yeah. And here's the one of the things that makes that movie better than the first is the first movie has pretty good music. It's, you know, Danger Zone and then the Top Gun anthem. But besides the Top Gun anthem, the music is pretty uh, generic yeah. for 80s, aside from the very iconic theme. But the second one has Hans Zimmer doing it with Lady Gaga and Lauren Balfe is part of it too. And their music makes the movie so much more epic than the first one. A beautiful collaboration. Oh, yeah. And to talk about the man himself, Tom Cruise, I myself am not the biggest fan of him, but the fact that I'm still on board of this movie, and I think he did a pretty good job too, actually, Mm -hmm. that shows how good it was that you don't have to be a fanboy of Tom Cruise to find him good in this movie. Yeah. He is just actually good in this movie. True. That's another one you got. All right, so another one came out not that long ago, I don't think. The Menu. Gosh, that's so good. A very unique movie and i don't know how to describe it It, it's a fun blend of genre with the comedy horror thing where that doesn't happen a ton yeah and they nailed the comedy and the horror yeah the comedy was pretty good (laughs) for a movie where you're also being like oh my gosh what just happened on what are they oh yeah great performances yeah really like anya taylor joy in that movie i thought ralph finds it a great job he did yeah and I think that Nicholas Holt did a great job. His character sucks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the performance to get you there. Yeah. I mean, in order to really believe that someone sucks, in a movie this good, it requires a good performance. Yeah. And he, he sucks on purpose, right? Yes. We're, we're supposed to think he sucks. Absolutely. Yeah. Not going into too much detail. While the movie was playing, I was like, this is really good. Yes. Right? I love this. This is one of the best movies I've seen this year. And then the ending happened, and I kind of sat there, and I wasn't sure about it. And then I got home, and I'm like, no, that was that was good. And then the next day, I continued thinking about it. It just gets better when I it think about sits, it. It just sits really yeah. well in your mind. Yeah. just caught me by surprise. It sure did. You know the movie that caught me by surprise? Yes. The Banshees of Inisherin. 
a movie that we saw like a, a trailer for a couple times and then decided to go see it with like no real idea of what to expect. No. And then we were just blown away. Oh, absolutely. And again, really funny. Yeah. And we have admitted to each other that part of why we found it funny was just because it's a bunch of Irish people swearing at each other for an hour <laughs> yeah. and a half. But it was definitely funny. Dark comedy, but... And, like, a lot of the jokes that, like, they intend to be funny are really funny. Yeah. genuinely laughing in the theater. And the story was really cool. It starts off kind of interesting, and you're like, oh, yeah. I wonder where this is going to go. And then there's a point in the movie where something really strange happens. If you've seen it, you know what it is. Yeah. And you go, oh... I'm not yeah. sure that I expected this to happen. Yeah. And uh and then you kind of just are sitting there in this like odd entrancement yeah. for the rest of the movie and then it ends and you're like, that oh, was really cool. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Really funny. Very good. Very good performances as well. Excellent Colin performances. Farrell did so well. And I really believed, genuinely felt that they had actually been friends for a long time and that this was really eating away at Colin Farrell's character. Yeah, great performances across the board. Yeah. Excellent movie. Why don't you tell us another one? All right. It's an A24 movie called After Yang. I've seen this movie twice, and the first time I saw it, thought it was really good. It was confusing. The concept of the movie wasn't confusing, but I was confused by how I felt about it, because it was very well done. Yeah. But it just kind of ends, and you're like, oh, man. And it was a very quiet and slow movie. I like slow movies, so I'm not getting mad about that. Very but, beautiful to look at as well. Oh, yeah. Gorgeously shot. We wanted to watch it in theaters, yeah, but it never showed up, and then we found it on a streaming service, so we watched it, and I had just bought a 4K TV, yeah. and we were watching it, and we are like, wow, this looks really good. Yeah. The, the scenes where he is watching the memories and everything. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So captivating. Sitting at the TV, just nothing else was going on in my life. Yeah. Than what I was watching. I was just, oh my goodness. Yeah. Also, my favorite part of that movie is that it opens with just an amazing dance-off. <laughs> yeah. Family dance-off. Yeah, as yeah, the opening cool. credits roll. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. I love it so much. Yeah. I suppose it's my turn now, hey? Yeah. We're going to do one that we have very recently seen called The Whale. Oh, yeah. Look, Brendan Fraser and his performance in this movie have been talked about for quite a few months. Mm-hmm really hyped up mm-hmm. 100% worth it oh absolutely all of it completely accurate all, everything I've heard about it this is a movie based on a play mm-hmm. there's not many people involved and it's only really one location yeah everyone in this movie does an excellent job yeah even the blocking is like a play and I think that was yeah. really really cool yeah Hong Chow is in this movie she was also in the menu and oh, yeah. we didn't mention her yeah. in that she does an excellent performance in oh this. yes I was on board with every line she delivered, every emotion she expressed. Mm-hmm. Sadie Sink did a great job. There's a few other characters who show up for short amounts of time. All great. Yeah. I love it. But Brendan Fraser does a phenomenal job. Yeah. One of the best I've seen. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much about awards necessarily, but if he doesn't win the best actor at the Oscar... I would be so confused. There's no <laughs> yeah. beating this. Yeah. He's going to win. Like, it's yeah. so good. And he's acting with a lot of prosthetics, too, because they mm-hmm. added a lot of weight to his character. Yeah. The prosthetics look really good as well. They do. And all you really see that would be, like, actually him is just his face, mm-hmm. and he kills it. Yeah. It's so good. 
we could just sit here <laughs> talking for the rest of the hour about how good it is, but we will move on. Yeah. So another movie came out this year in June that I've also seen twice, and I liked it a lot more the second time. Elvis, Austin Butler, and Tom Hanks in this one. Both great. When I saw it, I thought Austin Butler should get Best Actor, but I was like, you know, year is still early, so. Yeah. It's very long. It's two hours and 40 minutes, and it feels like it's 20 minutes longer than the runtime actually is. And the story, I think, is just set up that way. You know, and separate it into its acts to make it interesting. There's a lot of story that happens. Yeah. Like, and Elvis goes through a lot of different shifts. Yeah. And they capitalize on that as well. Yeah. I mean, the second time I watched it, it definitely didn't feel as long. Although I guess that usually happens with movies. Very, very well done. And the music. Some of it was Austin Butler and some of it was just actually Elvis over Austin Butler acting like he's seeing it. Yeah. And Austin Butler does an amazing Elvis impression. He does. The whole movie. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie as a whole. The part that really, really hit home for me was right at the end of the movie when you get to see, very minor spoiler here, like the last recorded performance of Elvis. Yep. And you kind of know everything he's been through. And you're watching him still just give his all while he's playing this performance that he's done a hundred times before. Unchained Melody. And it's amazing. Yeah. The passion that he still had, you know, after everything that had happened to him. And then, spoiler it for something that happened in real life, he died a few <laughs> days later. Yeah. But, man, to be, like, that broken but still that passionate about music, that's inspiring, yeah. dude. Very well done. Now, that was a great movie about a musician who made his own music and stuff. How would you go about creating a movie about a musician whose entire career was built off making parodies of other people's songs? We're going to talk about Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which is not the story of Al Yankovic <laughs> growing up. And you come to figure that out pretty quick, but rather... It's the heaviest parody of all these musical biopics that have been coming out the past few years. And it's so funny. And for a Weird Al movie, there's no better way to do it than to make it a parody. Like, yeah, yeah sure, I am interested in how he got into it. Mm -hmm. And I would have liked that movie, I'm sure. But this was so much better yeah. than what that would have been. Yeah. And Daniel Radcliffe plays Al Yankovic. And I have loved everything that I have seen Daniel Radcliffe in post-Harry Potter. I thought he was fine as Harry Potter, too. Mm -hmm. But he's just rocking these weird roles. This was one of them. I mean, the movie's literally called Weird. And did a great job. Yeah. Had so much fun with it. It's free if you own a Roku TV. If not, I'm sure you can find some other way of watching it. Go watch it. It's short. It's funny. It's awesome. Yeah. Something else this year that is a pretty fun watch was Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. I don't know what I could say about this movie without <laughs> spoiling it. <laughs> Great cast. Yeah. And everyone gives an awesome performance. Yeah. As absurd as some of the characters are, and I'm thinking mostly about Dave Bautista here, who's like a men's rights activist in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so funny. <laughs> they just ham up these roles so well. Yeah. The mystery is exciting. Yeah. It's engaging, you know? Keeps your attention. Yeah. And I think that the advertising in this movie did a good job of not, like, pointing hints towards who it was. Red herrings. Yeah. It was just laying out the premise without really addressing the mystery that would happen. It is a murder mystery. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a given. Yeah. But I feel like going into the movie, you couldn't walk in beforehand and be like, this is what's going to happen, and this is who did it. Yeah. I don't think you would be able to do that. And the reveal at the end of the movie, without saying who it is or what happens, is really cool how it's presented and how they deal with it. Mm -hmm. And with this being a really new movie, we're definitely not going to say anything, so don't yeah. worry. But an incredible ending. 
Oh, yeah. And an incredible setup to the ending and pacing yes. throughout it. I like the first Knives Out a lot. But, but this I, is way better. But, yeah. I think they revealed too much too early in the first Knives Out. Which was cool for that movie. Yeah. And I was actually scared that they were going to do that again. Mm-hmm. Reveal who the murderer is. But it was a mistake. And they didn't do that. This is a completely different movie. And I really, really like that. Yeah. All right. Next up on my list is another movie that you haven't seen. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's The Northman. I think it was this year that I actually watched the movie The Lighthouse for the first time. That's a good movie. With Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Yeah. And the same director directed The Northman. And so I watched The Lighthouse and I went, that was really good. Mm-hmm. And I went and watched The Northman. And I have to say Lighthouse is probably better, but that's a hard movie to beat. <laughs> but The Northman was really, really cool. Yeah. I've I've heard complaints that the action felt too slow, but it felt like kind of realistic to me. Where it's like axes aren't lightsabers. So the fact that it like takes a couple hits to like knock someone's limbs off, I was fine with that. Or that like they're these big bulky Vikings that are like grabbing people up and like dragging them before finishing them off. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. I thought Skarsgard did a really good performance. Again, Anya Taylor Joy did a really good performance in it. I thought the story was very interesting. And there's a twist in the story that comes, I don't know, about two-thirds of the way through regarding the main character's mom that I don't think that I realized was coming at all. And then you realize what happened, and you're like, oh, gosh. This story just changed. And it's so weird now and interesting. The ending is, like, really sad. I don't want to spoil it too much. But there's something that could happen, but the lead character decides not to let that happen. He chooses to go do something else instead, and he just feels so bad, and he wishes he had gone on a different path. And it resulted in a movie that was very exciting, I thought. It had this very interesting, like, lore in this universe, and, like, mythology. I was on board the whole time, and I left the theater feeling pretty good. Yeah. Back to the blockbuster train here <laughs> with a blockbuster that sometimes doesn't really feel like a blockbuster and feels no. really down to earth and with the characters. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Was... Movie that has no shortage of controversy yeah, about I... how good or bad people think it is. We both loved I it. I think it's fantastic. One of the most like beautiful looking Marvel movies. If you're someone who feels that the CGI in Marvel movies is getting worse and worse, go watch Black Panther. Yeah. The CGI is incredible in this movie. It's insane how good it looks. The soundtrack, incredible. So good. Really, really good. And it's so cool to see a sequel that doesn't just reuse the music, but, like, changes it a little bit and, like, builds off of it. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. I want more of that. Performances through the roof. Oh, definitely. Excellent. This is some of the best acting I've ever seen in a superhero movie. Yeah. There's pretty good superhero movies with really good performances, but this is one of them. Yeah. Here's the thing, is the movie opens and catches you completely off guard with what's going on. You're like, oh gosh, this is happening. Yeah. And then the movie ends, giving you a sense of closure. It's an ending that makes you think, I shouldn't say anything to anybody right now. I just, I gotta be quiet. Just let, just 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 sit in the moment. Yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. I got one for you. Remember Ryan from The Office? Oh yeah. His name is BJ Novak. He wrote a bunch of The Office. He's wrote a bunch of other things too. Mm Mm-hmm. But for the very first time this year, he directed, well, he probably directed it previously and then released it this year, mm-hmm. a movie called Vengeance. A story about a guy who finds out that a girl that he slept with some time ago has died in Texas, but her family thinks that they were in a committed relationship this whole time. Mm. So he goes down to her funeral where he discovers that her brother and her family believe that it wasn't an accidental death, that she was actually murdered. So he decides to record a podcast as like a murder mystery trying to find out the death of his quote-unquote girlfriend Mm -hmm. 
and he learns about like texas culture he's from new york while trying to figure out the clues of like how she could have died is this or is this not a murder and it's a very very good movie mm-hmm. and for like how fun and seemingly simple it was when it's done i couldn't help but think about like what would be left behind in this world after i die which is like kind of morbid Mm -hmm. but it was also like really interesting for me just to like ponder in my mind like if i just died all of a sudden like what kind of clues and stuff would be left behind to suggest this or that about the way i died or the life i lived and i thought that that was very interesting and it wasn't something that i was expecting going in yeah definitely worth a watch Another movie that is worth a watch is another A24 movie, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Which was actually a series of YouTube videos Yeah, from years ago. I remember watching those in like elementary school and high school and thought that they were so fun. And when I found out they were making a movie, I was like, no way, this is incredible. Then I saw the movie and I went, no way. <laughs> This is incredible. I didn't think that it would be possible for a small stop-motion shell with eyes and shoes to make me cry. Yeah. (laughs) And then it did. Yeah. The people behind us sitting at the theater when I watched it, the credits roll and I hear them go, you know, it wasn't as adventurous as I wanted it to be. I'm sitting there thinking, what are you talking about? It was an emotional adventure. The story of this movie is that a talking shell in a house is trying to find out what happened to his entire family. Yeah. Because they've all gone missing. And so he teams up with this individual who's staying in this house and they record their adventure together. Yeah. And something about this movie that, like, I didn't even think of kind of until it was done was how incredible the moving Marcel was integrated into yeah, the, the movie. Yeah. And it's one thing to have Marcel on a table and you could, like, stop motion him around. Mm-hmm. But there's a scene where they're in a car and Marcel's on, like, the dash oh, moving yeah. around a map. As the car is driving, you can't stop motion that. You're not moving the car <laughs> a millimeter each time. So I, I genuinely have no idea how they pulled it off, but it looks really good. It does. Yeah. They nailed whatever they did mm-hmm. and just hit you with a massive gut punch of emotions in this movie yeah. that was, like, unexpected but totally deserved. Absolutely, and also mixed in with the the score, which yeah. is mostly like ambiance and piano, but perfectly but just, done. It hits you. Yeah. Oh. What do you say we do one that we watched today? Ooh. We actually held off recording this episode until we had watched The Whale and this next movie, Babylon. Oh yeah. Directed by Damien Chazelle, who's directed three pictures before whiplash la la land and first man all three of which are really good movies yeah i haven't seen first man but whiplash is incredible phenomenal oh boy and so we went into this because we assumed it would be on this list and oh boy were we right yeah it's really long it's a three-hour movie which i mean the batman was too yeah i don't know it feels long you can Mm. tell it's three hours oh definitely but unlike all right spoil it for our list avatar is not on it I think there's parts of Avatar that I can think of and be like, you could actually probably cut that out and it wouldn't affect the story at all. Yeah. I can't really think of what I would remove from Babylon. Mind you, it ended two hours ago. But it's full of, like, really good story. Yeah. And even, like, there's a handful of party scenes, which are really chaotic. But I don't know what you would cut out from any of those scenes, though. Maybe a couple seconds here and there. Yeah. But, like, everything that they have on screen is, like, very intentional. And it all serves the purpose of, like, pushing this world and these characters forward. 
Brad Pitt did a great job. Margot Robbie was excellent. Diego Calva, for being a relative newcomer, in my experience anyway, did an excellent job. I really liked his character. Yeah. And every character feels like they belong in this movie. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Very well done. The music is amazing. So good. Oh, boy. We had both originally thought that Black Panther deserved the Oscar. Yeah. We're talking about awards again, but whatever. For best original score... Not a chance. No. It's going to Babylon oh, hands yeah. down. You might as well just open the show being like, yeah, you knew this was going to happen, <laughs> so we did it. Yeah. It's so noticeable. Like, you're not going to be like, oh, I wasn't thinking about the score. No, you were thinking about oh, it yeah. because there's no way you missed it. Partially because it's integrated into the movie really well, Yeah. but also because it's so darn catchy, really amazingly done. Yeah. And the cinematography is, so is good. awesome. Yeah. There's a, a number of long shots that I all think were done really well and served the story really well but even just the way that certain things were shot i'm all in this is a great looking movie with awesome performances excellent music a really cool story yeah the movie is about hollywood transitioning from silent films to films with audio and we get to see them recording a talkie movie right kind of for the first time developing the microphones and recording technology and their struggles with it oh so good and uh Speaking of good endings, like before, such a good ending. And one of the coolest endings to any movie I've ever seen. And granted, part of it is because it's, you know, a love letter to film. It was really visually stunning. Oh, yeah. And, like, kind of emotional as well. Yeah. But another movie with a great ending. Why don't you tell us about it, Luke? All right. Let's talk about The Fablemans. Is that what we're talking about? Are you asking me or telling me? (laughs) I don't know if that's... Okay. It is. The Fablemans. Steven Spielberg's newest movie. One of his best. Fablemans is the story of Steven Spielberg's childhood with different names of the characters. Yeah. Speaking as someone who wants to go into the film industry, I could really relate to lots of the stuff that Sammy, Steven Spielberg, was going through, like with what he was thinking in his mind and how it worked and what he was looking at things. Very good movie. It was. Had a very nice score to it as well. John Williams. Simple but effective. Very. Thought the performances were really, really good. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that the ending of the movie was really nice, which oh, yeah. is why I transitioned into that. <laughs> it, it was very interesting to see, like, this particular event happen. Yeah. If you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And it just leaves you feeling really good. Yeah. Ends on a good note. And for our last one. Yes. Which is definitely our favorite film of the year. Easily. Is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Now, what's funny about this is I saw a trailer for it. Mm-hmm. when I went to go see Jackass Forever and then didn't see any advertising for it after that. But the trailer was really cool and I thought, that looks pretty interesting, I'll go see it. And I kind of paid attention when it was coming out and then it was released at one of our theaters and I went and watched it with some friends and it blew my mind. And I was like, that was incredible. And I couldn't stop thinking about it for days. And then I perhaps quickly told everyone that it was the best movie of the year <laughs> and then I panicked. <laughs> so then I started taking people to go see it I wound up seeing this six times in the theater with different people. Each time after the first one, I was scared because I'd really talked highly of it and I didn't want to oversell it. Yeah. Not once did I oversell it. This movie is phenomenal and genuinely one of the best movies that's ever been made. Yes, I can confirm this. Michelle Yeoh did an absolutely astonishing job. Absolutely. Very well done performances on everybody's part. James Hong, who... Is the goose Poe's dad from Kung Fu Panda? Isn't it? 
and he's so good. I love that that's the role that you <laughs> know him as. That's, that's the one. You know, he spoke, and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's Poe's dad. Kehoe Kwan. Yeah. I probably mispronounced that. Probably. Who plays Waymond in the movie. Yeah. Is incredible. So good. And for being back for the first time since the 80s, probably. Yeah. Other than maybe a role here or two. An excellent role for him. Oh, and yeah. he nailed it. Stephanie Zhu. I may be mispronouncing her last name as well. I have no idea. Was an excellent character as well. I really like Jamie Lee Curtis. Again, this is one of those movies where everyone in this movie does a really good job. Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie was hilarious. Because going into it, I'm like, oh, it's her. Yeah. Oh, crazy. And then she's, you know, the role of the, the auditor. And that's going on. And then so shocked with how fun her performance was. From the moment she stapled a piece of paper to her head and started screaming like a sumo wrestler. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. And oh. it's amazing that this movie is so good for how unbelievably absurd it is. <laughs> yeah. It's the most ridiculous thing ever, but it's so good. And what's cool is that there's this interesting multiversal story happening, which they tackle that concept really well. And yeah. you're very easily able to understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at first, but they explain it to you very well. Yeah. But at the core of this, there's like this really like emotional, heartwarming story that comes to a beautiful conclusion. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about this forever as well. It's oh. the best movie of the year. Yeah. And speaking of best of the year, I'm not saying it's the best of the year because I saw Babylon and now that my mind's made up. But the score was so good for this movie. It was. And just emotionally touching and beautiful. What was really cool about this movie was it using different cinematography styles and aspect, aspect ratios. ratios for what kind of story it was. Like, it would be a drama or like a, a romance movie, and it's the full aspect ratio, and then it moves to the other universe, and they're fighting, and it turns into an action movie. You can see the, the sides going down. Yeah. If you haven't seen any of the movies on this list, this is the one that you need to go see. Everything, yeah. everywhere, all at once. Yeah. A lot of different things in a lot of different places all at the same time. Great movie. And thus concludes our best movies of the year. Sure does. Which was very delightful for us. Yes. And now time to move on to something more painful. <laughs> Especially for me. <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to talk about the worst movies of the year. Now, we only have five. Yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, there were a number of movies that came out this year. Just a quick thing to say up top. That lots of people have on their worst movies of the year. Namely... Jurassic the World. S- Jurassic World Dominion. The Secrets of Dumbledore. Marvel movies that people weren't fond of. I don't think that most of those movies were good, but I also think it's too harsh to put them on the worst movies of the year, so we're just not going to talk about them. Here we go. We're going to start things off pretty obvious, you know, get this one out of the way, because I have such strong feelings for this, and I'm sure this movie will be on everybody's worst movie of the year. Morbius. Morbius is... Bad. Really? Bad. It's out... it's, It's astonishing. You know, my How reaction bad it is. <laughs> to the movie, I it left me speechless, you know? I didn't know what to think. I was just in shock by how bad <laughs> the movie was, and how underdeveloped the story was, or what happened during the making of that movie, but half of the movie's gone, so yes. nothing makes any sense. From the beginning, there's just so much that they don't talk about or explain. No. It just never comes back up. Once something happens in the story, and they move on to a different scene... It doesn't matter anymore. And the whole movie is just, I'm not sure what's happening here. Maybe they'll tell me later. And then they don't. At one point, Morbius goes to build a lab out of, like, printers and stuff. Because he can't use his other lab, you know? And then he immediately proceeds to, after building this lab, go to his old lab and just do all the stuff there. Yeah. Why? Well, I hope you're ready to die with that question, because they're not going to tell you. (laughs) 
the ending of the movie makes no sense at all. It sucks. And it's shocking how many bad decisions got thrown in there. Yeah. And the credits start rolling and you're like, oh, thank goodness it's over. Except that it's not. Oh, because the yeah. Oh, boy. I got so <laughs> upset. My voice went up. Oh, boy. The <sighs> post-credit scenes are just awful. So bad. And I don't know how decisions got made that led to those happening, but it was like definitely like corporate decisions yeah. that make no sense. The performances are terrible. In one of them, there's a character who just clearly didn't show up because you don't see their face and it's really noticeable. And have, you've watched videos of table reads and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what the dialogue performance in one of them sounded like. Yep. Like the one actor that doesn't try at the table reads, but then is a pretty good actor on screen. But they just... Or maybe he isn't a good actor on screen. Oh, yeah, because of the other one before. But that's okay. Look, it's really bad. And I just want to say that if you're someone who hasn't seen it, stop complaining about it because you didn't see it. You know, I'm not asking you to like it, but stop complaining, you know, about how bad it was for you because you didn't see it. Some of us had to watch this movie and it like hurt us a little bit. So let us, let us have our pain and just don't bother watching it. Speaking of painful, you can go on to the next one. (laughs) All right. A movie that of all the movies I've seen is definitely one of them is Lyle Lyle crocodile i hate (laughs) this movie it's bad (laughs) and look we could go into all the details the cgi is not very good the story is stupid the performances are bad people will will defend this movie by saying that it's a kid's movie so let's do this i will tell you the four lessons that kids would learn from this movie lesson number one if if you are feeling anxious or overwhelmed the solution to that is to sneak out of your parents house in the middle of the night and eat dumpster food and dance on rooftops bingo I'm not joking. Solves joke. all your problems. I'm it not. Does. I'm not joking. <laughs> well, have you tried it? You can't judge until you try. This is a, this is a lesson in the movie. Yeah. Lesson number two: recipes are stupid, <laughs> and and you should throw random ingredients into a pot, and it's almost guaranteed that a fully iced cake <laughs> will come out. The character who learns this also learns to avoid anxiety and stress yeah. by sneaking out and eating dumpster food. It's perfect. The third lesson is that if you're feeling like you don't know how to overcome a solution, it's because you haven't attempted physical violence. <laughs> Again, I'm not joking. These are the lessons of this movie that kids are expected to take away from this. The fourth lesson, possibly the worst, is no matter how long someone's been by your side trying to do what's best for you, when someone new and cool comes along, just ditch the first person. Yeah. They don't matter anymore. No. That's what you learned from this movie, and it's really bad. Yeah. Also, the music sucks. The music is so bad. And for it to be advertised as the music from The Greatest Showman. Oh, dear. Like, what happened between then and now? Here's the thing about that movie as well. Are we going to keep going on about it? I, I just got to talk All about right. one scene. Do it. Something happens, and this... I don't know how old he is, 12, 13? He has a panic attack because of what's going on. Oh, boy. All right? A couple things happen from this. First of all, he tells his dad that he's just upset at him because he's been trying to control his life ever since he was born. I'm like, dude, you're 12. He's your parent. Anyway, and then continues to have a panic attack, passes out. Oh, no, what's going to happen? He wakes up in an ambulance. The paramedic, he says, you know, he had an anxiety attack, but it's a good thing he took his inhaler. What? What? 
First that's, of all, that's not how that works. No, that's not how it works. And second of all, he passed out. He never took his inhaler. <laughs> what are you talking about? And there's a couple other places in the movie where he gets scared. He lo- looks down a ladder and he goes, oh no. Takes his inhaler, all good, jumps. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think those do? Anyway, all I right. can't talk about this movie. I'm Moving on to probably the hottest take on this episode. I think Ambulance is one of the worst movies of the year. <laughs> I think there's going to be people that actually put in the top 10 best. I can't see how that's possible. I didn't like this movie at all. Michael Bay discovered drones between his last movie and this one. (laughs) And the number of drone shots in this movie are way too many. And they're completely unnecessary. The movie's too long. The acting's not that good. The action's not fun after three minutes. The story's boring. It was a waste of my time. Yeah. Alright, I almost didn't put this one on the list, but I have to. It's a movie called The 355. It came out oh, yeah. in January, which is not a good sign. Most movies that come out in January are bad. That's true. I went and saw this movie, and it was directed by Simon Kinberg, who directed the worst X-Men movie, Dark Phoenix. Oh. Yep. Now, this is a lady-led spy film, and there was one moment that almost tricked me into thinking that it was good. And I, I want to clarify, I don't hate it because... That they're ladies. I hate it because it was a bad movie. And I'm going to spoil this because you don't need to watch this movie. But there's a scene where they're all being held at gunpoint. And all of their loved ones are being held at gunpoint as well. If they don't tell them where this thing is. And they just straight up like off half of the cast's like families and stuff. And I went, that's a baller move. That's also the only baller move in the entire movie. <laughs> the writing's really bad. The chemistry between the characters is not very good. And uh, I honestly don't remember most of it because it was pretty forgettable. And the stuff I do remember, I didn't like very much. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about our last one? No. (laughs) (laughs) We went and saw this movie at a matinee showing. And it was just the two of us in the theater. And and an old couple. And and an elderly couple. An old family. (laughs) And we went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. I hope you guys know that this is not going to be very good. Because we knew going in. And before the movie, we saw a big Nate short that was atrocious <laughs> about kids taking psychedelic ice cream and then dreaming about their hamster rapping about being a captive. And being buff. Yeah. Also, even though talking very deeply like a male, apparently it was a woman who had babies. Then the kids wake up and whatever. Then Pause of Fury, The Legend <laughs> of Hank starts. And uh, I have one question. Are you an idiot? Because this movie's going to assume that you're dumber than an infant child. They over-explain every single joke to you. There's no subtlety in this and movie. they're not good jokes either. They're terrible they jokes. Suck. The big one is that they tell a cat not to be curious because you'll be killed. Because curiosity killed the cat. Like the common phrase, curiosity killed the cat. And they really drive home that that's a phrase and that's the joke that they're making. There's a lot of big names in this movie. Sam Jackson, Michael Sarah, Ricky Gervais, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. George Takai. All wasted. Everyone's kind of mailing it in for this one. The story's bad. Very. Very bad. We had a little experiment when the credits started rolling. We said, okay, let's find out who wrote this movie. Spoiler alert. It was nobody. <laughs> There's no one in the credits that is casted as having wrote this movie. There's like post-production dialogue editors yeah, and, and storyboard like, artists. Yeah. 
this movie was like literally just kind of put together as it happened it seems and it's really really bad it's awful don't watch any of the movies on this list please keep your sanity and then to help keep our sanity we're going to move on to the best tv shows of 2022 Alrighty. that we saw one of the best shows uh that came out this year would be andor andor is phenomenal it's probably the best show that's on disney plus right now yeah definitely the best star wars show absolutely it's the best star wars content to come out since the empire strikes back i agree they released the first three episodes all together which i Mm -hmm. think was the right thing to do they have good endings but then you watch the next episode you're like oh that's where that's going okay that's good and then third episode ends you're like oh my gosh i can't wait to see where this goes this is so good yeah the season is four three episode arcs so it's good to watch them yeah especially the first three all at once yeah performances are really really good and we meet some incredible characters most of whom are new to this story we have to my count three returning characters in Cassian Andor, Saw Gerrera and Mon Mothma really good looking show shot really well great performances why don't you tell us about the music Luke Nicholas Bertel did the 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 score yes and there's a really cool thing where he has the main theme and then each episode over the intro it plays a variation of that theme different for each episode and it kind of helps to set the the tone for what the episode's going to be. One of the best Star Wars scores. It's the score and the types of shots that look beautiful and sound beautiful. Just working together to make a fantastic show. This year, I started watching Better Call Saul. As did I. Having not seen Breaking Bad because I decided to watch the prequel first. And convenient enough for me, the final season of that show came out this year. Better Call Saul is my favorite show of all time now and the final season which i won't spoil because it's pretty fresh and also because i have not seen it i'm still on season five at this point (laughs) because you haven't seen it it does such a perfect ending to the story that has been progressing through the previous five seasons the way that they leave the character at the end of the final episode is perfect for what the story is and even having not seen breaking bad before watching the finale it felt like a great place to leave him amazing performances across the cast a really exciting story stories i should say because there's a lot of things happening at once and you're fully invested into each storyline it's really incredible Mm -hmm. you should watch better call Saul. i I will finish it i was also talking to the audience but (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm watching it anyway another good show that came out this year and here's the thing this is an anime show yeah Ooh. There is so much anime that came out this year. <laughs> I feel like that happens it, every year. Every year. It's so much content. So, back in April, there were some really good shows in April. Shoutouts to Ultraman Season 2 and Komi Can't Communicate Season 2, which are two great animes. We had Spy Family, which is a, a new one. It's so wholesome and funny and just fun action. It's about a spy that makes a family for a mission and everything, and that kind of goes off. And we get episodes with each character, and it's just such a good show. Very fun to watch. Very cool. Yeah. Season three of The Boys also came out this year. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen Spy Family, to clarify. I haven't seen The Boys. But you haven't seen The Boys. We'll bounce back and forth a little bit here. The Boys is a very fascinating show because it's the superhero universe, Mm -hmm. but all the nasty stuff about it. You know, that maybe superheroes or super-powered individuals are not so great when they're not stopping planes from falling out of the skies, if they can stop planes from falling out of the skies. Something that I think that the show does really well as a whole is balancing a lot of this nasty stuff, be it gore or foul language or whatnot, with really cool stories 
and mm. really interesting characters. And there's an episode that's partway through season three, which came out this year, that demonstrates that perfectly. And I'll just tell you the name of the episode, and I think it'll give you everything that you need to know. The episode is called Herogasm. Yeah, I knew that's the one you were talking about. <laughs> uh, probably the gross... Well, it's one of the grossest episodes that has been released on the show. But it also has this incredible fight at the end that is unbelievable. You're on the edge of your seat. All the new additions that joined this season were really good. All the returning characters, awesome. The momentum is still going strong. I'm ready for more boys seasons. This is a show that I can roll with, I think, for quite a while yet. I haven't read the comics, but I know there's quite a bit of story left to tell in relation to the comics. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for wherever this goes. Yeah. What else you got? All right. So, as you know... I am a sucker for some kaiju action. And the show Pacific Rim The Black, season two, which is also the final season, it takes place after the second Pacific Rim movie. And the thing that they do well is barely reference it because of how bad it was. <laughs> but they do acknowledge something called the Uprising Wars. So you get that. So the first Pacific Rim, I think is awesome. The second one, less so. So it was kind of disappointing. But uh, there's a Netflix anime show called Pacific Rim the Black, the one I'm talking about currently, that kind of brought back the good storytelling of the Pacific Rim universe. And it's a story about a brother and sister kind of navigating a way through like a post-apocalyptic world of Australia after the kaiju kind of took over and everybody left. Hmm. So yeah, very cool. Interesting stuff. Ended the story very well. And it was two short seasons, short and sweet, and that's all it was and all it needed and well-told story. Nice. Yeah. Let's talk about another show that we both really liked and both saw. Yes. Which is The Lord of the Rings, The Rings Rings of of Power. Power. For some reason, this was a controversial show. And part of me gets it, but part of me thinks that people were just being mean. (laughs) Yeah. This show's really good. Yeah. Really good. And I think it was particularly interesting as someone who's familiar with, like, the the story Mm -hmm. and the lore and stuff like that. This was a really cool show. Yeah. And what's really cool is that there's certain characters, Galadriel and Elrond, that we get to follow. Mm-hmm. And we know where they end up in so many thousand years. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting seeing like what they were doing well before the movies that we've seen. Yeah. There's a lot of characters that weren't in those other movies. Mm. I shouldn't say that they're new characters because they're probably in other books. Yeah. Especially with a dwarf called Durin. And they celebrate Durin's Day in, in yeah. The Hobbit and stuff, so clearly he's been references up before. But following the different storylines is really exciting. I was so caught up in just enjoying the show for what it was that I was completely oblivious to, like, references and, like, things setting up for Lord of the Rings to the point where they had to, like, kind of really tell me to my face, hey, this is what just happened. And I went, oh, I hadn't even thought about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Not even a little bit. But yeah, I think between it being kind of its own thing and and also like a very light intro to Lord of the Rings, for now, really well done. What did you think? Looks spectacular. Some TV shows look like TV shows, but these look like full-on, you know, cinematic movies. Rock on, let's go, you know, so excited about it. Very awesome. And I can't talk much about what I liked about it because that's entering a lot of spoiler territory. Yep. But the characters that we know and some of the more famous characters are handled extremely well and very cool. Yeah, very cool to see how, how they did it. <laughs> Having seen the show, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And those are our picks. The best TV shows of the year. Again, sorry if we didn't mention the TV show that you really liked. Let's end off perhaps on a more solemn note. I think this will fly by pretty quickly, though, with the worst TV shows of the year. I want to start off with one that I'm not going to count entirely because I actually quit halfway (laughs) through the show. And I don't feel that it's fair for me to judge the whole show or the whole season having only seen half of it. But I could not finish the first season of Halo. Yeah. I really wanted to so I could, you know, have the experience and I I could talk about it. But halfway through episode four, I fell asleep and I woke up and I kind of rewinded to find where I was. And I realized that I just didn't care about this story at all. And I was getting like frustrated with how much I didn't like this story. And I think it's worth noting that I don't play the Halo games and I barely know the world. So this isn't someone who's getting mad because this is different from the games or it's not what I wanted them to do. This is just someone who tried watching a TV show and I just couldn't buy into it at yeah. all you know if you finish the show and, you, and if you liked it rock on but i couldn't get to that point yeah a season that i did finish this year was season one of how i met your father and i'm a pretty big fan of how i met your mother this is like a spin-off slash sequel series mm-hmm. it's kind of weird to quantify but i think part of the charm of how i met your mother is that it worked really well for when it came out but i don't think that that kind of show works really well anymore today Mm. i think that we've moved on to different kinds of shows and so when this came out and was attempting to be in the style of how i met your mother i wasn't having it yeah it doesn't work it feels really awkward the laugh track is too corny the jokes don't make sense they try to work in too much like hip language like lit and dms and insta which is not bad you know, saying things like that, but the way that they're saying them is like hearing your grandpa say it. <laughs> but they're people like in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. It shouldn't feel weird, but it did. Yeah. And the finale had so many bad things happen all at the same time that resulted in a conclusion of this season feeling so bad that I'm probably not going to watch season two when it comes out next year because I just don't care. And now that's a show that I know they're making a season two of. Here's one that I hope that they don't because I haven't heard confirmation of it yet. It's Blockbuster. Uh, now, you've seen Superstore. All and this, of it. And this is the people that wrote Superstore. I could never bring myself to get into it. You watched all of it and yeah. hated all of it. <laughs> I hated it from episode one. And just, I had nothing at the time to watch or that I knew I could watch. I didn't know what to do. So, decided to just go for it. And it sucked. Finished season one, it sucked. I'm like, you know, I hope this show gets better. It never did. And by the time it ended, I hated myself. <laughs> and I'm going to say that Blockbuster is probably not better. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I haven't watched Blockbusters. I'm I'm scared. <laughs> I can't do it. It's not good. Randall Park is doing the best that he can with what he has, which is not much, and he's not mm-hmm. even doing that great. The The only thing that I found mildly good, and this is entirely for me and people like me, is that they would use the titles of movies to explain situations that were happening. And I found just the smallest piece of enjoyment in being like, oh, I know that movie. I know what they're talking about. I know what they're referring to. And they do it a lot. Mm-hmm. And so being able to understand like all the references was a little fun. But also the situations that they were using movies to refer to were not exciting. <laughs> and let's end off. And we're going to take a deep breath before we talk about this. Because this show gets me really, really angry. 
I don't want to say the name of it. You can go for it. Cobra Kai, season five. I invited Luke over to watch it, and I think the original plan was that we would watch the whole season in one night. But with two or three episodes left, I was so upset. I was, like, legitimately shaking, and, like, I I couldn't think straight, and very noticeably i was not doing so hot that we actually just stopped watching and finished it the next day yep now i don't like cobra kai at all i think the show as a whole is really bad and there's a lot of people who disagree with me i like season one and i'm okay with season two the one thing is is even if you like the show i think you'd have to admit that this season is the worst so bad by so far. The last season ended with a bit of a cliffhanger with one of the characters going to find his dad in Mexico and they explore that for the first two episodes, maybe three. No, I think he was back by episode two. It's so fast that it was shocking that they bothered to do it at all. Yeah, and not only was it fast, but it was completely so inconsequential. <laughs> and terrible, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. I continue to be baffled at the utter stupidity of all of these characters. I'm just going to throw this out here. If I hate it so much, why do I keep watching it? Because I love the Karate Kid movies. I grew up watching them. I think they're awesome. So you like watching the franchise get slaughtered in front of your eyes? I can't help myself. Me too. (laughs) I have to know what happens at this point, and it bothers me that I do, because I just feel so gross watching this. Everyone that they bring back is doing a worse job than they did in the movies. I don't even know why the show is still called Cobra Kai because Cobra Kai is the bad guys now instead of being the main characters of the show. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It's shot terribly. There's, you can see in one of the shots where characters are going down a water slide. Oh you can the see GoPro them. Shots. You can see them holding the GoPro stick. Yeah, their arms are sticking out to the camera. That's, That's not supposed to happen. Also, they're so grainy, the shots. Yeah, and we're going to wrap this up because <laughs> we can't I'm, go on with this show. Steam is starting to come out of my ears yeah. here. I'm oh I'm really tame right now yeah. compared to how I usually talk about this. <sighs> Those are our picks for the worst TV shows of the year. Yep. Sorry to end on such a solemn note, but if you want to feel positive things again... Don't in, watch Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> you can also come back here to this podcast in two weeks, in which we're going to be talking about our most anticipated oh, yeah. projects of the year. A little behind the scenes look, we've actually already recorded the episode. Mm-hmm. And I think there's some pretty cool things that we're looking forward to. Definitely. We would tell you now, but we're actually going to make you wait to listen to the podcast to find out for yourself in two weeks. Thank you again for listening. Uh, And Luke, why don't you hit us with a send-off? Over and out. See you later. Hey, thanks, Luke. And thank you, listener, for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate it. If you want to keep up with us and the show, please feel free to follow us on Twitter, or X, if you will, at Pod Screen Time to see some quick thoughts of ours regarding movies or shows. You can also follow us on Instagram, again, at Pod Screen Time, to see when our episodes drop and any extra visuals that we want to show off. You can also catch up with both of us individually on Letterboxd to catch our thoughts and reviews on the movies that we watch. You can find me at The Shininator, and you can find Luke at Shin Glassman. If you want to hear more of Luke, feel free to check out his other podcast, Toku Talk Radio, where he discusses tokusatsu and anime with his sister Hannah. And if you want even more of Luke, who can blame you, you can take yourself over to his YouTube channel, Shane Glassman, where you can watch his videos that range from reviews to tier lists. They really are a blast. 
Links to all these things are in the description of this episode, so head there to find those and stay connected with us. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you again in the next episode.